Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Hi, welcome to the Better Together podcast. I am your co-host, Rosario Picardo, and I'm here along with... Callie Picardo. And Callie, will you introduce our guest for us today? Yes, today we are honored to have Dr. Timothy Tennant with us. Dr. Tennant is the president of Asbury Theological Seminary, as well as a prolific author, and we're so excited to have him. He's going to be sharing with us a little bit on his new book, Foundations of the Christian Faith, a resource for catechesis and disciple-making. Dr. Tennant, welcome to the Better Together podcast. Thank you, Ross and Kelly. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Just to kick off, I mean, some of our listeners might not know what catechesis is, so how would you define that? Uh, Yeah, the word catechesis means sounding down. I think it originally was about uh, how you know, older members of the faith passed down or sounded down their faith to younger people. So really it's about, uh, it's really nothing more than just how do we transfer the faith from one generation to another? How does that sacred link happen so the gospel is is preserved? And you you know, I'm sure from Apostle Paul that this uh, linguistic yoke of uh, what I've received, I've, I've passed on is important. He does it for the Eucharist, does it for the gospel itself. And so we're being faithful to that how does the church pass on the gospel? That's basically all catechesis is. I was talking with a Bible professor a few months ago, and I asked him a question. I said, you know, what has changed in theological education over the past couple of decades? And what he said surprised me. He said the church has actually stopped doing catechesis in a lot of cases. And so as he's teaching intro to New Testament to men and women who are preparing to be pastors, he's having to include some of the basics of the faith, what the church traditionally taught. He's having to make sure that these future pastors at least know it because many didn't receive it in the church in a very systematic way growing up. But I mean, catechesis, it's it's for more than just pastors. So how does this apply to everyday Christians living out their faith? Yes, a great question. Uh, We, you know, we're in this period where we are we're suffering from a whole generation or more of um, basically minimalistic Christianity. You know, basically the question is, what is the least one has to do to become a Christian? And once you once that's the bar, then of course people are coming to church without being uh, trained or discipled, and so a whole generation has come up without a real knowledge of what exactly it means to be a Christian. And so we're doing a little bit of, um, you know, cleanup on aisle three, uh, you know, <laughs> back backfilling to uh, really recapture what should have been normal processes. It's been very strong historically in mainline churches, uh, in Roman Catholic churches. Um, it has it's had a kind of a varied history in Protestant churches and evangelical churches, um, some much stronger than others. And so really we're, we're just seeing much more of a challenge with pulling this together. So this is about reca- recapturing something that is 
been very important to the church through most of its history. I mean, what are some of the things that are covered? Like, what what are some of those foundations that you think really all Christians need to know? Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, when we think of the church, we often think about I, all the things we disagree about. Yeah. But when I did my study of this, I was actually shocked at how many, how much the church agrees on. Like, this is like one of those things like, wow, the church really has a some kind of, kind of shared public space on certain points. So uh, typically the church definitely included um, the Apostles' Creed, uh, the Lord's Prayer, and the Ten Commandments. That's like almost always at the core of every catechesis. And it kind of, in some ways, those three things reflect the church's larger mission to pass down doctrine, which is the Apostles' Creed, pass down ethics, which is the Ten Commandments, pass down uh, practices, which would be like the Lord's Prayer. Uh, some churches add on to that other things like the sacraments, a lot more on baptism and Lord's Supper and all of that. But basically, the church has actually had a fairly common core around certain core doctrines, certain core ethical kind of guidelines, and then certain shared practices like Bible reading, prayer, or whatever. And that's been shared uh, by the church through the ages, which is remarkable that um, we have we do have something called Christianity. It is, it's not as elusive as we think it is. <laughs> Where have you seen more of a resurgence on this catechesis? I mean, it's coming out of a crisis. Um, you know, the surface crisis is, oh, church decline, but it's more than that. Can you, can you just maybe share a little bit on that? Well, I think it's actually uh, the resurgence has happened across the board as the culture moves farther away from uh, Christian identity. So I think in the days of um, like the high days of Christendom, you know, church and state kind of commingling, I think people kind of felt like, uh, well, everybody kind of just assumed certain Christian values. So I think as that began to decline, you actually see a resurgence pretty much across the board, even in churches that traditionally had strong catechies like Roman Catholics and Orthodox, but certainly in uh, you know, Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal. I think the difference in some cases with Pentecostal groups is they may not have a long history of um, catechesis in their tradition, and so they're they're actually looking at other traditions. Well, how do you do it? You know, that, that's a little different. But I think there is actually kind of a hunger throughout the church for this. Dr. Tennant, you include disciple making in the title. I mean, is is it one and the same? Is it a little different? I mean, are you do you encourage? Obviously, it's great if the church does this, but you know, is this something that individuals can get involved in doing as well? Kind of passing down the faith from one person to another. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I don't really think there's a lot of distinction between the two terms. I, I think that we did this mainly to communicate to the half of the church never heard of the word catechesis, <laughs> not be scared by it. Um, but I do think one of the differences uh, that, I mean, Rosal mentioned, uh, what the difference, I think in some ways, probably one of the differences would be that for much of the church, it was often done uh, more individual instruction. Uh, this is where we're trying to consider more in terms of community, small groups, Bible studies, you know. And so I think in some ways, disciples making often is thought of in terms of small group experiences. And so it might be putting a little bit on that side because. Catechesis was traditionally done with parents and their children in the home. And so it wasn't institutionalized in the church as much. In more recent years, uh, it's been put more into the life of the church. A, a pastor shouldn't expect that the fam that anything is going on in the family life 
to promote the gospel. That's one of the challenges. And so the church is having to pick up and do something that maybe the family is not doing or helping to train parents how to do it in their home. So that's a good Yeah, go for it. That leads us to our next question. Yeah, I was going to say, so we are the parents of three young kids. We've got three girls. They're five, three and a half, and almost two. And I have intentionally said in my mind, they are three of the women that I'm discipling. And so I'm trying to have that mentality. But sometimes I struggle with, okay, how how do I do this? How do I teach them, you know, age appropriate? I mean, and I know that varies. Some of our listeners have young kids, some have older kids. Some are grandparents trying to pass their faith to grandkids or their aunts or uncles. Sometimes they're unofficial uncles and aunts that just have kind of their spiritual nieces and nephews that they're trying to pour into. I mean, how do we pass our faith down to the next generation? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you're right. It's age appropriate. I think generally speaking, the church and families have started out at the practice level. So for example, um, every parent should be every night praying with their children every night or every morning. Uh, parents should be praying before they eat. And you know, these are just kind of like, almost like um, it can be almost uh, kind of rhythmical patterns, uh, almost, almost um, in some ways kind of like the, the catechism of the home, just the, the kind of rhythms of daily life. Also, it goes into things also like uh, words we don't say, um, you know, things actions we don't take toward people. There's a lot of things that get passed down to children in terms of how we respond to things with anger or not, with forgiveness or not. Um, and so there's a lot of that catechesis that goes on. That's why Deuteronomy says, you know, talk about them when you sit down, when you walk on the way, when you, you know, go to bed at night. So it, there's a lot of that that happens in the home. And then as they get older, then they can learn through through songs and through other methods, uh, the teaching of the faith and things like the, the Ten Commandments that can be explained. Part of what the book does, as you may know, one section of it is called 30 Questions. And that's actually for a little bit older period, but it does give parents the, uh, the ability to do a one month. Like, okay, every night we're going to look at one question. And one of the older catechesis guides, we just have question answer. This has more explanation to give parents some more of a sense of what they could say. But those are some ways that parents, based on the age of the kids, can help train their children. Most of it happens to them observing your life and your actions. A lot of it happens intentionally in the way we um, actually pass on the faith explicitly. That's so helpful. Thank you for creating this resource. And this is a resource that you would hope churches go through and take with them, study it, discuss? Yes. it's uh, The good thing about this uh, book is that we actually did um, test volumes uh, for years now with different parts of this book. So the Apostles' Creed was done first, and I put that out there. I published it pretty, I think, 2010 or 11. And we had a lot of feedback from churches, how it's been used, pastors use it for sermon series, Sensos used it, parents used it. And so we just have found that it these things are used in different and kind of adapted different ways. This particular book has you know study guide questions, has sidebar, you know, things so that it can easily be read by by classes or groups. Uh, but I think it's gonna mostly be used inside church settings with small group settings. It's probably the, the dominant way it's used. 
So if used appropriately, what would be your hope and prayer for the kingdom impact of this book? Well, we want people to be like uh, the Picardos that are out there to preach the gospel and planting churches. I don't uh, know about that. Want. That's what we want. Uh, no, we want, we want, we just want re- reproducible Christianity. That's what the gospel is. Orthodox Christianity is reproducible and it, it is passed on, it can be passed on well. And so if people are living for the faith um, and defending it in their life, through their words and deeds, uh, justice for the poor, uh, serving those that are disenfranchised, uh, standing up for those that are voiceless, um, sharing the power of the blood of Christ in our society, what I call mainstreaming Christianity. You know, I think we live in a culture today which is trying to divide people and trying to say that uh, reconciliation and forgiveness is impossible. And the gospel is about bringing people together and bringing uh, powerful forces that bring them together. Nothing else can be together with the gospel and actually creating reconciliation. And so that's really good news for our society. So let's equip people to experience the gospel and to go out and share it. Amen. We have one final question for you. Well, before I do that, where can we pick up a copy of the book? Um, it's available uh, through seedbed.com or through amazon.com, any kind of resource like that. But yeah, it's available through anywhere where you get your books. It's available. It's published uh, by Seedbed, which is the uh, Asbury's publishing arm. Awesome. And the name of that book, again, is Foundations of the Christian Faith, a resource for catechesis and disciple making. And so our final question uh, that we ask here on the Better Together podcast um, is something to do with Better Together, of course, but how does the understanding of the foundations of the Christian faith make us better together? Yeah, I think that's the great power of all this is that there's nothing more unifying uh, than the gospel itself, which brings us together. And uh, the, the the Christian church uh, is, in fact, the most diverse, ethnically diverse, linguistically diverse, socially diverse movement in the history of the world with no group even remotely close. There's nothing that compares to it. So if you look at the global church, um, it is an amazing phenomenon. And so that's because of the power of the gospel, you know, uh, bringing together Chinese Christians and Ethiopian Christians and Ukrainian and everyone else together into one family. And uh, Paul actually talks about the, you know, the dividing wall of hostility is torn down to the gospel. And that's what the gospel does. So catechesis actually is the shared public space, you might say, where we meet together and find this unity in Jesus Christ. Amen. Wonderful. Dr. Thank you. This has been such a blessing. Friends, we pray that's a blessing to you as you think about ways that you can grow as a believer in Jesus Christ, but also pass down that is Part of our commission is to go and make disciples. And so, Dr. Kent, thank you for this incredible resource to help us as we go on that journey with God making disciples. Thank you very much. Great being with you. Thanks.